in the last two weeks, we have, uh, we've talked about why we date, that ultimately we date to find a mate, we date to move ourselves towards marriage, and, um, and then last week we talked about who we should date, and that we shouldn't just ask the question, like, what am I looking for in a boyfriend or girlfriend? We should actually ask the question, what am I looking for in a husband or wife? Because we can't have a, a different expectation for a boyfriend and girlfriend than a husband and wife if the ultimate goal of a, husband, uh, of a boyfriend or a girlfriend is to become a husband or a wife. And sometimes we run into problems when we, when we don't know who we should date, when we make mistakes on who we get into relationships with. with. And um, if you know, if you know why you date, and if you know who you should date and how you should pick people that date to date, um, you will go a long way towards having healthier relationships, towards moving towards marriage, um, and, and towards just being uh, being ahead of the game when it comes to dating. But um, but over the next two weeks, we want to talk about specifically how can we date well? How do we date well? So this week we'll do part one. Next week we'll do part two, and we'll go. We'll get very specific. On, on how to date. You're in a relationship maybe right now or, or you're about to be in a relationship or you're looking forward to your next relationship. How can you date well once you get into the relationship? Because um, sometimes we, we do a good job of getting into relationships and we don't do a very good job of staying in relationships and we don't do a very good job of, of just living it out and, and, and continuing on a healthy path. And, and uh, I want to return to two scriptures we looked at um, uh, two weeks ago that, that kind of are the filter through which we look at everything in this series. Because the Bible doesn't talk about dating specifically, but it does talk about relationships a lot. And there's uh, one verse in John 13, 34. Jesus is with his disciples, and he says this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And so Jesus is saying, with the same love that I gave to you, with the same love that I have shown to you, with the, with the love that took me from heaven down to earth to become a human, to become rejected, to become lonely, to ultimately be tortured on a cross. With that same love, we should love others. That is the directive he gives us for relationships. And so just because dating isn't mentioned doesn't mean dating isn't, uh, doesn't have this command applied to it. And there's another verse in Romans 12, verse 10. Romans 12, verse 10. Paul's writing, and this is what he says, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. So he's essentially saying the same thing Jesus said before, but then he adds another little piece. He says, honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. The original uh, Greek writing for the word honor actually means to put value on, to give value to. And so we could say it this way, value one another above yourselves. And so what, what Jesus is, is telling us through, through this verse, what God's telling us through these two verses, is that ultimately we are to love others and value others in all relationships. And so we are going to apply that to dating. And most of the things that we look at tonight will involve either honoring God or valuing others. Um, and because that is kind of the, the bottom line, is that we should date in a way that honors God and values others. We should date in a way that honors God and values 
others. But before we get into um, some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, I just want to start at the very beginning because sometimes people say, I want, I want very explicit direction on how I should do this or how I should do that in dating. And so we're going to start at the very beginning. Let's say you, you know why you're dating. You're dating to find marriage. You know who you want to date. You, you kind of spy out that person uh, at work or at school or whatever. Um, and, and you want to just know, well, how do I start a relationship. So some of y'all, some of y'all boys need to start taking some notes. How to start a relationship. I'm just going to go through four quick things and then we'll move on with the rest of the night. And this stuff isn't necessarily from scripture, but this is just wisdom. And this is just a good way um, to, to, to get into relationships in a healthy way and in a wise way. So number one, how to start a relationship. Become friends with the person you are interested in. We talked about this last week, that we should have a friendship at the base of any dating relationship. And we should have a friendship before we start dating someone. And so we should become friends with the person that we are interested in. And the key with this is that you need to become friends with them before you get physical, before you get romantic. Because once that happens, you will no longer think in the same way you would have thought before. Because when you are becoming friends with just a guy or a girl in class, you don't, you don't like, it's, 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 it's totally different than when you are trying to become friends with someone that you are making out with and doing other stuff with on the weekend or at night or whatever. It's, it's a totally different situation and you can't think clearly. And so we have to make sure we are becoming friends before we get into all of that. So my, my advice would be, if you like someone, then you go sit by them. You talk to them. Here's a really good one, and boys aren't very good at it. We ask questions. It's not all about us. We ask questions because everybody likes to talk about themselves. Everybody likes to just have something to say. And so when you ask someone's question, someone a question about themselves, you begin to learn about them, and then you get the chance to, to have them learn about you. And when we do that, when we do that, we are building a relationship. We are building a friendship. And you may find out, I don't like this person at all. They're annoying. Or we don't have anything in common. We don't, get, we, we don't get along at all. Or you may find out, man, I really like this person. And we actually have a relationship to build on, not just something that's physical. So how to start a relationship, become friends with the person you are interested in. The second one, be intentional and tell them how you feel. Okay, so we waste so much time wondering if people like us. We waste so much time beating around the bush. I've talked to people before, and they're like, well, I, I think she likes me. And I'm like, well, how, why do you think that? And he's like, well, I, I said, do you want to hang out? And she said, yes. That, no, you didn't like, you don't know anything. You don't know if they like you. You just know that they want to hang out with you. You haven't told them what you feel. There is no clarity in this relationship. You have just asked them a very broad question that almost anybody could say yes to. We have to be a lot more intentional when we like someone. And, and so like when I was in uh, when I was in eighth grade, I liked this girl. I liked her for like two and a half years. We were like really close friends. And like for the last year and a half, I knew she liked me. And yet for two and a half years, two and a half years, I didn't ask her out. I didn't tell her I liked her. I, I would do the little like ask a friend, ask a friend, ask a friend, and like, but we'd be like three feet from each other, but I didn't want to talk to her and actually just tell her something. And so I just wasted years of my life daydreaming and years of my life hoping and years of my life wondering. And and and, and this happens all the time, especially now that we have social media. And you can direct message, and you can text, and you can do everything except be face-to-face. -face. We have got to be intentional. Don't waste time. Don't be afraid to ask. Here's what happens if you ask them out or if you tell them how you feel. You find out. It's pretty simple. 
If they say yes, guess what? You don't have to wonder about it for the next six months. You can actually date them for the next six months. And if it's no, even better, because you don't have to waste your time liking someone and trying to chase after someone who has no interest in you. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to think, oh, I wonder, with, I wonder what they meant by this or what they meant by this or when they smiled at me or when they made eye contact with me. No, you know, they don't like me. I'm going to move on to someone who does. I'm going to not waste my time anymore. Don't play games. We play way too many games. This whole like, I'm going to play hard to get. And and let me, let me, let me tell you, girls, let me tell you something. One, you can tell a boy how you feel. Okay. There we go. The boys are excited. (laughs) You can tell a boy how you feel. You can even ask a guy out on a date. We don't live in the 1800s. Like you can actually show interest in a guy, but at the very least, at the very least, I've met girls, I was talking to this girl one time and she was in college and now she's about to get married to this guy. So that's how crazy this is. But I talked to her and she said, "Um, well, it was kind of weird. And I was like, what? And he's like, she's like, well, he asked me out. Like he said, he said he liked me and he said he wanted to pursue a relationship with me. And I said, okay, what's weird about that? She was like, "Ah, it was just so direct. And I was like, what's the problem here? Do you want to play games? Do you want to play hard? To get, like, do you want to just not date for, for, for months and months and months? And, and now that couple is getting married. And part of it was he was just direct. He told her. He put it out there. And so we've got to be direct with people. Be intentional. Don't waste, waste time. Don't beat around the bush. <clears throat> Actually, just say how you feel. And, and if someone flirts with you and you like them, guess what you should do? Ah, flirt back. <laughs> wow. Y'all are like, y'all are like, this is, I don't see this in the Bible. Listen, just flirt back. This is just common sense. Just don't be stupid. If they flirt with you, flirt back. Show them you like them, smile at them, whatever. These are easy ways to show interest and to begin a relationship. So become friends, be intentional, tell them how you feel. Um, here's the third thing. Don't lead others on. Don't lead others on. Don't lead others on. <laughs> Seth and Zach are like excited about everything that's going on in this sermon. Don't lead others on. When you lead others on, guess what you are doing? Anybody know? You're lying. You're lying. The Bible does talk a lot about lying, and you are surely not showing value to other people. And sometimes here's what we think. I don't want to hurt their feelings. You value them. You value them when you tell them the truth. You value them when you don't lead them on and make them think one thing when another thing is true. It is not valuable. It is not valuing someone to lie to them just to make them feel better. You're, you're not treating them as you would want yourself to be treated. You're just lying to them. You're, you're tricking them. So don't lead other people on when you're in the beginning of a relationship or if someone uh, asks you out or someone uh, says they like you. Don't lead them on. Value them and tell them the truth. And here's the fourth thing. Don't start talking with someone that's in a relationship. Don't start talking to someone that's in a relationship. Here's, here's why. You think, well, um, you don't know the situation, Ryan. Like, 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 uh, like she, she, she doesn't like her boyfriend anymore. She's about to leave him. Like, like they don't, they, I'm better for her than, than he is. Well, guess what you're doing when you start talking to or being interested in or dating or doing whatever with somebody else's boyfriend or girlfriend? You are not valuing their boyfriend or girlfriend. Imagine if you switch things around. Would you want people to be talking to your boyfriend or girlfriend? No. So why do we do that? Why? why? And we think, oh, well, you don't, you don't get it. Like, I'm so much better for him. Like, no. You wait. You wait. You wait until they are free. Here's something my student pastor told me when I was in high school, and this is so important. 
If they will cheat for you, they will cheat on you. And sometimes, listen, listen, and I don't mean to be mean, or I don't mean to be rude, but I know that some of y'all will be like, I can't believe he cheated on me. And it's like, well, how did the relationship start? Well, but that was different. No, no, it wasn't different. He cheated on someone else to get with you, or she cheated on someone else to get with you. And so don't, don't like sit there at the end and be like, I can't believe it happened. Sure, you can believe it. He had done it before. She had done it before. And so we don't want to start talking to people that are in relationships. Wait till they are uninvolved. Wait till, if they say, oh, I'm going to break up with them, say, okay, break up with them. And then I'll wait a little while and then we'll date. Because that's the other part of this. Don't even date someone that just got out of a relationship. And you may say, well, why? They're free. Listen, people don't need to be in a relationship the day after they broke up with somebody else. You are setting yourself up for failure. And actually, even in that circumstance, because it's happened to me before, you're not valuing their boyfriend or girlfriend if the day after they break up, they're dating you. Because guess what the person's just gonna assume? Well, it was already happening. And so we need to make sure we are not starting relationships where we shouldn't be starting them. But once you're actually dating, once you're actually dating, um, I, I wanna go through some, some tips. And we're gonna go through eight. We're gonna go through four tonight. We're gonna go through four next week. And so we're gonna start with the four tonight. Number one, here it is. When you're actually in a relationship, you've begun dating, you like them, they like you, you're intentional, it's the right person, you know why you're dating, you got it all figured out. Now, how do you have a healthy relationship? Here it is. Number one, don't be someone you are not to gain someone's love. Don't be someone you are not to gain someone's love. First of all, it's again, it's again about valuing the other person. What are you doing when you're being someone you're not? You are lying. You're lying to the other person. But not only are you not valuing the other person because lying values yourself over them, what you're also doing is you're dishonoring God. God created you the way he created you on purpose. Your personality is on purpose. Your interests are on purpose. The way you dress, the way you act, what you're into, the way you talk, all of these things were done on purpose by your heavenly father. There's a Psalm called one, uh, Psalm 139, and there's this scripture about it, about um, how God knit us together in our mother's womb. And, And there's this famous verse that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. Here's what that verse means. You are created in a wonderful, magnificent way. And you may say, I don't feel wonderful. I don't feel magnificent. Listen, you are because the Bible says you are because God says you are. And so when we try to act like someone we are not, guess what we're doing? We're dishonoring our creator. Now this doesn't mean you're not like extra polite on a first date or you don't try to be like extra, uh, uh, extra kind the first time you talk to somebody. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you try to be someone you are not which we do a lot because we want people to like us. We want people to accept us. But, but what we're doing is we're dishonoring God because we don't want to be who he made us to be. And here's the truth about when we lie about who we are. If they like who you are trying to be, they don't actually like you. So, so, so what we're doing is we're getting them to start liking or to fall in love with someone that we are not. They don't actually like you. They like who you're acting like. They like who you're trying to be. And it stops a real, develop, a real relationship from developing. No relationship will ever develop if you are acting like someone you are not. And in fact, when we talk about why we date, we talk about keeping the end in mind, keeping marriage in mind. You cannot ever have a serious relationship, have a lasting relationship, have a marriage with someone when you are not yourself. What we're doing when we try to act like someone we're not is we're thinking very short term. How can I get them to like me now? 
How can I have a boyfriend or girlfriend in two weeks? How can I have a date to homecoming or prom? How can I figure out something for right now? And you're not thinking about the future. You're just thinking about the here and the now. You're not thinking about the end in mind. And there's this movie uh, that probably some of the middle schoolers haven't seen. It's, it's kind of old now, I guess. But uh, it's called Mean Girls. So I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. And we're going to show a clip from that where, where this girl is moving to a new school. And she wants people to accept her. And so she starts acting like someone she is not. Check it out. So if you've seen the movie, you know, like, she tries to be someone she's not in order to be accepted by a group of girls, by this guy, and she ends up just, like, kind of wrecking her life. And that's essentially what happens is we just, we just get caught up in our lies, and we get caught up in being someone that we're not, and we just kind of lose ourselves. We're not actually developing a real relationship. And so my advice would be this. Be yourself from the beginning. And if they don't like you, move on. Find someone who does like you for who you are, for who God created you to be. So number one, don't be someone you're not in order to gain someone's love. Number two, avoid too much too fast. Avoid too much too fast. Here's the thing with the relationships. You can't, you can't microwave a relationship. You can't take shortcuts in a relationship. You can't just magically get to the point where you're super close, you know everything about each other, you've had all these experiences together. That doesn't happen overnight. You cannot take shortcuts. Relationships take time. Relationships simply take time. And again, I think we try to microwave things. We, we want to put in our relationship, press express cook for one minute, and have our meal ready, have our relationship completely handled. But, but relationships are more like ovens. You have to preheat them. You have to wait for them to heat up. You have to be patient. You have to, 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 just, to just prepare the meal and then you put it in, and then you have to wait more than a minute. You have to wait more than 10 seconds. You have to continually wait until it is finally done. It may take 45 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever. And the difference is, a lot of times when you microwave something, it doesn't come out as good. It gets hard, or, or, or you, you stir it up, and parts of it are really hot, and parts of it are really cold. It's not fully cooked. It, it's like this cheap manufactured version of warming something up. Whereas when you bake something for the full amount of time, it is ready. It is ready to be eaten and it is much better. And a lot of times that's what we're trying to do with relationships. We're trying to get into them too quickly and trying to get deep too quickly. And it just doesn't work that way. That's not how relationships function. And so we've got to understand we can't go too much too fast. It's not going to build a healthy, good relationship. But also, also, not only does it not work in relationships, it also causes great pain. Going all in too early can cause major pain. Sometimes we give too much of ourselves emotionally. We have too much of ourselves sexually or physically. We tell all of our secrets to someone that we barely even know. And we're like, oh, well, we're dating. I really like them. But, but the truth is you can't actually trust them yet. They haven't earned your trust. You don't know if they won't go and tell everybody else. Even financially, which I know sounds kind of stupid, but I've seen guys or or girls go by and spend all this money, five paychecks on somebody who they've been dating for like a, a week. It's stupid. It's just stupid because they have no commitment to you. They can just break up with you the next day. I don't like you anymore. I'm kind of done with you. And, and you're like, well, well I just, I, I gave you all my secrets. I gave you all my emotions. I, I gave you my, my body. I gave you my money. I gave you everything, and you just left. See, you don't actually know enough info about them early in the relationship. We've got to take our time. We have to allow the relationship to develop. We, we simply give too much to people who aren't committed to us and who we aren't committed to. See, unless you are married, 
There really is no commitment. And I know that divorces happen a lot, but there's a lot more that it, takes, that it takes to divorce somebody than it takes to just break up with somebody. And you could literally just say, hey, sorry, I don't like you anymore. Or, hey, I like this other person. Or, hey, I'm moving. Or, hey, I switched jobs. Or, hey, I don't have time. Like, you could just do whatever you want. You can give any excuse you want and break up with somebody. So why would we give everything we have to someone who is not fully committed, who could just walk away? It would be like this. Let me, let me give you an example. It would be like if me and Karen and I are on a date and I leave my wallet in the car, and I say, hey, can you go grab my wallet? I give her my keys, and I say, will you go grab my wallet out of the car? I know she'll come back. Why do I know that? Because I trust her, because we've spent lots of time together, because we know each other well, because um, even besides that, if she were to just disappear, like, I know where she lives. (laughs) I know where she sleeps. I know her phone number. I know her parents. I know where she would go. Like, like she couldn't just like run away. Like, like if she couldn't just be like, I'm gonna steal his car and his money. Like, and, and we had the same bank account anyway. It like wouldn't help her at all. Like, so I can trust her when I give her that. But if I was at a Jags game and, and I forgot, I had my tickets ready and I forgot I don't have my wallet. I don't have my wallet. And I took out my keys and I turned to some drunk guy behind me. Hey, bro, bro, I left my key or my, my, my wallet in the car. Could you go get it for me? Everybody would say, that's a stupid decision. That's a stupid decision. Why are you sitting? You don't know that guy. You don't know his name. If he just walks off, takes your car, drives away with your money, like you will never get it back. You can't find him. You have no commitment with him. You have no trust with him. Like there's nothing holding him back from stealing everything you have and just leaving. There's nothing holding him back. And you cannot trust him to come back. And so if I came one day and said, guys, my, my wallet and my, my, my car got stolen. You were like, oh gosh, we're so sorry, Ryan. And it, what happened? And I explained the story. Well, I was at a Jags game and I turned around and gave my, 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 my keys to someone and told them to go get my wallet. You would say, you're an idiot. You're stupid. You're foolish. You should not have done that. And I don't mean to sound mean, but there are times where we should not have gotten too involved with somebody, where we should have waited where we should have not been foolish, not given everything we had over to someone when they had no commitment to us. And so here's the advice. Go slow. Don't rush. Hold some things back. You could tell them that secret in six months. You can, you can give them that gift in a year. Like you, you, can, you can give them that emotion. You could say, I love you. You could say all those things later. Don't rush. Again, what did, what did I say last week? Like uh, The earliest any of y'all would get married to anybody you're dating right now is like five years away. So you have time. You have time to wait and develop the relationship. You're only hurting yourself if you go too much, too fast. I've seen so many relationships just messed up because there was too much, too fast. Here's number three. Don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. So many people, when they start dating someone, cut off everybody. They cut off their friends. And we've all had that friend, right? Like the friend that's like, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. Why? Well, guess why? He's got a girlfriend. Oh, he'll be back when they break up. He'll be back later. Oh, oh, she's the girl that always goes from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next. I haven't seen her in two years. We don't hang out anymore. We all know those people. And they, they, they get so involved in their relationship that they cannot see anyone else. They don't see their family. They don't see their friends. They don't see anyone. Ecclesiastes talks a little bit about relationships. In, uh, in chapter 4, starting in verse 9, it says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, 
one can help the other up. But pity or feel sorry for anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You could say it this way for dating. Pity anyone who breaks up and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. What, what, is, what is Solomon saying here? Solomon, the wisest man ever, is saying we need each other. We need more than just one person. We need friends. We need family. Guess who's going to be there when your boyfriend or your girlfriend is gone, when they go to college, when they break up with you, when, when they cheat on you, when things don't end well? Guess who will be there? Your family and your friends, the people who were always there. And, and guess what? It's not, it's not healthy to be in a relationship with someone and only be with them. In fact, if we, if we want to value other people, we should force ourselves to be in relationships with other people. It is bad for your boyfriend or girlfriend to only hang out with you. And it is bad for you to only hang out with your boyfriend and your girlfriend. The, the relationship suffers because we need more than one person. We need people all around us. And so here's the advice in this area. Stay connected. Stay connected. Don't isolate yourself. Don't, don't every time you get in a relationship, hide in the corner and you just are always with each other until you break up. Hang out with your friends, without your girlfriend, without your boyfriend. Hang out with your boyfriend or girlfriend in groups of friends. Hang out with your family. Have that family dinner. Don't skip every single thing your family does for your boyfriend or your girlfriend. See, we need those relationships. We need each other. But when the relationship ends, and it will all but once, we're going to need the people around us. And we're simply going to be in a better relationship when we don't isolate ourselves. And this last one is going to be most of your least favorite, um, but that's okay because it's one of the most important ones. Number four, set sexual boundaries. Set sexual boundaries. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses three through eight. Listen to what it says. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Listen to what it says. It is God's will. This isn't an opinion thing. This isn't just my experience. This isn't just a wisdom thing. This is a God thing. This is very clear. Some of the other stuff is wisdom, and we could talk about valuing and all that kind of stuff, but this is very clear. The scripture is very clear about how we are to, how we are to approach sex. It says it is God's will. It is God's will that you should avoid sexual immorality. That word for avoid is like this word um, to be held off from, to hold yourself back from. And if we think about boundaries, many of y'all have heard this before. When you're on a road and you're driving, there are, are, are painted lines. That is a boundary. That stops you from going into someone else's lane and hitting them. There might be a, a, a roadside little blocker thing, a blockade or, or whatever, or a curb, and it's going to stop you from going into a ditch or off the edge of a cliff. These things are not here to hurt you. They're here to help you. They're here to protect you. And so we have got to set sexual boundaries. We literally have to hold ourselves back from some of these things because obviously these are things that we want physically. We want, he continues, and he's gonna talk about this a little bit. He says, each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. We need to learn to control 
our bodies. Cole was telling me something a couple weeks ago. He was listening to this podcast, and they were explaining what happens to the mind when, when we have sex. And it says, literally, chemically, we are not able to reason. Like, your body, it's like a protection mechanism to keep the human race going. Is that it does, it, it like makes you so that you cannot stop. And we think, oh, well, my willpower. Oh, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. Oh, well, I won't go down that road. But we will if we don't set up boundaries. It's like, it's like literally the scientists were saying, it's like literally you're on like a sex high. Like you are, you cannot control your actions when you get into these situations. And so what we have to do is we have to learn to control our bodies. How do we do that? By setting up boundaries. By setting up boundaries. Verse six, and that in this matter, talking about sex, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. See, what scripture's saying is that we are actually taking advantage of people when we have sex with them outside of the commitment of marriage. And we may think, well, they said, they said, yeah, they said that's what they wanted. They, we both wanted it. But, but the Bible says we're actually taking advantage of them, even if they think they want it. Sometimes love requires that, that we do some things for other people that they may not actually want themselves. And so it requires that maybe we take a stand. Maybe we value them more than they value themselves. I'll get back to that in a second. Continuing, it says, the Lord will punish all those who committed such sins as we told you and warned you about before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being. You don't reject Ryan. You don't reject Pastor Jerry. You don't reject your life group leader. You don't reject your friend. You're not rejecting people. You are rejecting God, the very God who gives you his holy spirit. See, sex is giving 100% of yourself physically to someone else. It is the most you can give of yourself to someone else. So when we have sex in a relationship that is not marriage, in a dating relationship, here's what we're doing. We are giving 100% of ourselves to someone who is not 100% committed to us. That's it. I don't care how involved you are, how long you've been dating, they can leave just like that, and it's over. Even, well, we see it all the time, people break up uh, that are fiancés with each other and engaged with each other. There's nothing holding them together legally. They can just break up just like that. There's only one commitment, the Bible says, that gives ourselves 100% to someone else, and that is marriage. And I know, I know, this isn't the popular teaching, especially with teenagers. You all just want to go have sex and touch each other and all that kind of stuff. But listen, listen, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting other people. And you're hurting your relationships. Let me, let me read you one more scripture in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. It says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So remember when we said like, uh, oh, well, they said yes. They're not their own. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. What is that price? It was Jesus Christ dying on the cross. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. And so when we get into these relationships, we've got to understand we don't own ourselves. And we don't own the other person. This is a situation where we must be wise, where we need to set sexual boundaries. This is a way that we can honor God, and here's something about sex and what it does to relationships. Sex prolongs bad relationships and ends good ones. There are people that are in some relationships that are not good. And they know it. And yet they stay in the relationship. Why? Because they've had sex. 
And they think, well, I mean, I went that far. We're, we're that involved. I might as well see if it works out, even if they don't want to be with the person. It extends relationships you should not be in. But then it hurts bad, good ones. Some people are in great relationships and everything's going well and they're building slowly and they're not isolating themselves and they, they really like each other and value each other and all that. And then they have sex and it changes the relationship. It changes the nature of the relationship. Sometimes it ends relationships that didn't need to end because it brings about a new level or a new type of drama that, that wasn't there before. Because again, now you've given yourselves 100% to each other when you're not 100% committed. So how, how do we draw boundaries? I'm going I'm to tell you very simply, and then we'll be done. You talk about boundaries as soon as possible. You say, how soon? There is no too soon. You, you go to on a first date. And you may think, this is stupid, right? Like, I'm not going to go on a first date and say, what are our sexual boundaries? Listen, listen. You could do it on the first date. Because what's going to happen when you start making out? Well, never mind. I'm going I'm to kick those out the window. I'm done with that. I, I don't really need those. We're, we're, we, got this, we got this figured out. It's going to blind you again. It's going to mess with your head. And you're going to think, oh, I don't want boundaries anymore. What the, how are you going to establish boundaries when you're six months into a relationship? You know, it's really difficult trying to establish boundaries after you've already had sex. Ask anybody who's tried to do that. Having sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend and then trying to say, ah, never mind, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna take it back, back a step. It's very difficult. And here's the deal. If someone looks at you weird and they say, that, that, that's crazy. Like, I, what are you talking about? You got your answer. Don't date them. If they won't respect you, if they won't respect your boundaries, and, and listen, this isn't a, like a guy-girl thing. I've known guys who talked about boundaries to girls, and the girls are like, boundaries? What are you talking about? They don't want the boundaries? Just don't date them. But now you know at the beginning rather than the end. And ultimately, why are they not accepting your boundaries? Maybe, maybe they haven't, haven't learned much about it. Maybe, maybe they haven't grown up in, in that vein. But ultimately, ultimately, if they don't want to do what you want to do, because they're valuing themselves over you. They would rather get what they want than be respectful of your beliefs or of your values. So talk about the boundaries as soon as possible. And you say, well, what, what should my boundary be? From, from what I could see of Scripture and, and, and what, what I um, attempted to practice in my life, it's that you should not go past kissing. And you say, oh, that's crazy. That is great. I'm going, to get, I'm going to get a little graphic, and I'm sorry, middle schoolers. Listen, if there is something that involves your genitalia, if there is something that involves simulating sex, guess what it is? It's sex. What do they call oral? Oh, wow. But, but it's not sex. Why not? It, it does the same thing, right? And, and so many times we try to get these technicalities. Do you think Jesus is up there and be like, uh, I know this, this is weird, but like, do you think Jesus is up there like, oh, you're good. Just oral. Cool. Cool, man. Like, no, that, that doesn't happen. It's the same thing. It's sexual immorality. It's sexual immorality. So what should your boundary be? Just, uh, I know, I know. It's funny. Just chill for a second. What should your boundary be? Your boundary should be nothing past kissing. And here's the deal with boundaries. If you're at the Grand Canyon, you would not step over the ledge and have someone hold on to your hand and be like, let me see how far I can see. No, you would stay a little bit away so that if you tripped, you wouldn't fall to your death. We, we don't set boundaries. We don't set boundaries right at the edge. We don't play with death. We don't play with harm. So why do we do it with sex? 
draw the line, draw the boundary as far back as you can. And if you do that, when you mess up, you can say, okay, I went over the boundary, but I'm still okay. Let me take my step back. And this is hard. And it's not easy. But I promise you, relationships in your life will be better if you set sexual boundaries. So I want to go back through them real quick. Don't be someone you're not. Be yourself from the beginning. Avoid too much too fast. Go slow. Don't rush. Hold some things to yourself. Don't isolate yourself in a relationship. Stay connected with your friends and family. And the last one, set sexual boundaries. Talk about it soon and set them as far back from sex as you can. And in this way, you will protect yourself, protect your relationship, and protect the other person. This is how we value others. This is how we honor God. And this is how we have healthy relationships. Let me pray for you, and then we'll close in worship. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. I pray that, um, <clears throat> that, we, would, that we would be obedient to you. A lot of these things are very difficult. Sometimes we want to just be someone else so someone will like us. Help us find our, find our value in you and not in someone's opinion of us and not in who we date. Lord, so often we rush into relationships. Help us take it slow. Help us take our time. Help us build healthy relationships with strong foundations. Lord, so often we... We're infatuated with our boyfriend and girlfriend and we go off with them and and it's just us. Lord, help us stay connected to our friends, to our family, to our life groups, to our life group leaders, to our church, the people that will be there with us no matter what happens. And Lord, in the hardest, most difficult area, help us set sexual boundaries because other people aren't gonna do it for us. And we know we can't control our urges. We can't control ourselves. We have to set up boundaries. Lord, I pray that this room would be full of people that would not make the easy decision, that would not make the decision everybody else is making, but that they would make the decision that honors you and that values other people and that even values ourselves. Lord, I pray that we would be full of a room, a room full of people that have healthy relationships, God-honoring relationships. Pray that we would be wise in how we approach dating. Give us wisdom and give us courage to not just hear the words, but to actually do it. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and let's worship.